welcome to episode 5 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson-Rule and today I'm speaking with the unstoppable Alex Hipwell. Alex is a mum, a Nike master trainer, a personal trainer and an IFBB figure athlete. Now Alex is 11 weeks out from her next figure competition. Uh, We talk about her diet, we talk about her training but most of all we talk about her mindset which is incredible and unstoppable as I have said. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with Alex um, about her competition prep, um, her attitude toward mindset which is really um, applicable if you are training in any sport or you've got your own business or just somewhere where you've got a really really big goal. Um, The way she views mindset and and how to apply it is is incredible. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with her and I hope you enjoy the show. Alex, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Joss. <laughs> good, thank you so, so much for uh, taking the time to come onto the podcast. Um, I want you just to uh, briefly introduce yourself and then we'll talk about how we met and then uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so my name's Alex Hipwell. Um, I'm 37 years of age. Uh, I'm an Australian who moved to Germany, oh God, almost 16 years ago. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> And I moved over here actually backpacking in the beginning and at that time I was a professional dancer. So being in Europe was kind of exciting and new and a lot of work going on, especially for, uh, you know, dancers that weren't German because of our versatility. So I set my career up in Europe based in Germany and had a very successful year for about 12 to 13 years. Wow. Um, During that time I always was really interested in fitness and nutrition and was always attracted to that fit figure from a woman, that strength. Um, and that's kind of what got me into studying, uh, personal training and nutrition during my, uh, my dance career, just to know a little bit more about my body, because I still say today that dancers are one of the greatest athletes, yet the most unhealthy athletes in the world because of financial reasons, because of uh, type typecasting, like you have to be thin. Um, so you, regardless what you do, just do it. If that means not eating, if that, and that's just a lack of education. So as I got older, I felt that I wanted to know more, like how can I know more about food and my body and everything. So when I studied or started to study, I f- felt like I found my second passion. And I got more and more into it. And the deeper I got, the more I realized, I think I found my new path. And um, within, I think, two or three years, I, um, I decided to transform my body from a, a dancer to an, an athlete. And I had a baby in that time as well, which was very spontaneous, but also gave me the, the opening to to step off the stage as a dancer and step on the stage as an athlete. So in saying that, um, I aspired and on my vision board was always these pictures of Oxygen magazine front-covered women like Erin Stern and yep, yep, yep. so forth. <laughs> From back um, in the day, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I wonder if I could look like that. I wonder what it would take for me to train and eat um, and, and set a goal so big that I would transform my body to be able to step on stage with these other athletes. So nobody trusted or believed in me. And I went around for about three months trying to find a coach that would look at me as a dancer because I had the tiniest little body. Um, and I said, I want to be a figure athlete. And they were like, wow, maybe in two years, or maybe try bikini first. And The more I got knocked back, and I know that everybody says this, but the more they knocked me back, the the hungrier I got to prove them wrong because I knew what I was capable of mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. I knew my work uh, ethic. I knew what I could do. So finally, um, Michael Williams, actually, who is a, a very famous coach in Berlin, he said, okay, if you, if you can do it, then, then I got, I've got you back. And he kind of helped me into the industry or into the started like my first program with him and uh, moved into that world quite fast. Um, And during that time I was, I was about to compete. Um, I was transforming my body 
I was doing a lot of personal training clients online. Uh, so I built my online presence. Um, and I think I still say now on, you know, the, the best day was when Nike asked me in for an interview because they ha- were moving their headquarters from Frankfurt to Berlin. Um, and with my experience of, of working as a dancer and on stage and back then NTC was all about this, you know, these big live events. Uh, so I kind of just stepped into my element with them. And since then I've grown with this brand as a trainer, as an athlete, as a, as a mentor, um, even for myself, I've learned a lot. And I think that's where my career in the fitness world really began was the year that I decided I wanted to compete. Um, actually when I had the meeting with Nike, I was on my first diet. So I remember sitting with them (laughs) with my meals prepped and they thought that I was the weirdest person ever. Um, because in, you know, Germany was very still behind at that time. Yeah. When, when Uh, was that Alex? What year was that? That was in, that was in 2013. 2013 was the first time. Yeah. So since then I, you know, created my, my uh, personal training company, um, and a lot of personal things happened. I competed for the first time, uh, which I just fell in love with, uh, not so much just the competition but also the journey behind it and, and what actually what you go through uh, as an athlete to prepare yourself for one of these competitions, both in the preparation and after, so the off-season, um, which I think a lot of people don't talk about um, and don't promote or push on through social media or anything. And I think that's something that I'm trying to do a bit more of to make people aware of. Um, yeah, but other than that, I'm, I'm a mum. I'm living in Berlin. I still have quite a big personal training uh, company. Uh, I want to say company. I have a lot of clients who I work with here, um, whether that be through Nike or through my own. Uh, I also have my um, female fitness retreats that I created from a personal major experience that I had, um, which opened my eyes to say, I think this is a platform that I can reach other people and make them feel good about themselves. So I use my platform for that. And that just continues to grow each year. Um, I can't even see that as a job because I just enjoy every moment of it and every time I'm there it's just it's incredible. So that happens a couple of times a year and um I just keep myself busy through, you know, studying different things and training and setting new goals and challenging myself and and here I am sitting here with you. And here you are. Amazing. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> Everything. I, like, I do like to talk. So <laughs> no, not from your talking. I'm just all the things that you do. It's absolutely amazing, um, and I love also that you had uh, that you mentioned the vision board. Do you still have a vision board? Yes, always. Awesome, awesome. That's so cool. I have to confess, I had a, I, I um, created a vision board once with my friend uh, Rosa, and we did this vision board, and then um, at the, by the end of the year about 85% of it had come true. And that scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh my God, I really can predict my future. <laughs> Shit, that's scary. Um, <clears throat> but I need to, uh, I, I have, I do them every now and again, but I still find it a bit scary to do. Isn't that weird? Yeah, because you make, you take, I think you're taking that next step to making it visual and, you know, your self-doubts, things come in and you, you start to question as you Put pic- I'm very visual, so I like to put pictures up rather than anything else. So when I put it up there, I also catch myself going, can I really, oh, no, maybe that's too much, you know? When it's, it's, that's just a projection of the unknown, like go for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, cool. And Alex, sorry, my voice has gone a bit croaky. I'd like to say that it makes me sound really sexy, but it doesn't. It just makes me sound <laughs> like I've got a croaky up. voice, yeah. <laughs> Um, so you are, uh, so we met, uh, obviously we are both, um, master trainers with Nike. So I'm very grateful, um, always for the, the, um, kind of, um, amazing people that I meet, um, through, through Nike. And so we met five years ago in Portland, I think it was, was the first time I met you. And then ever since then we've, um, we've actually not worked together that much since then, I have to say, um, but you made a big enough impression on me and I like you. So all good. <laughs> oh, fantastic. No, I think um, we have 
had a really good connection as well. Yeah, no, it was it was very very cool. Um, and so you are um, training for a competition right now. Exactly. So I'm four weeks into my preparation. Okay, and that um, that is really um, the reason why I wanted to um, interview on the on the podcast because um, I I definitely know um, quite a few people um, that compete as figure athletes. Um, and I feel like your, uh, way of delivering that online or, or through Instagram or whatever, um, is such a, a positive, well-balanced, um, way just because you're like, and this is something I said to you before we, we started recording, but you're like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be really tough, but when the times are tough, I have still made that decision to do this and I will just carry on and do it as opposed to you making the decision to do it. Um, and then you're online being like, guys, this is so tough. This is so hard. This is so like you own the fact that you've made this tough, tough decision and you are committing to this huge discipline, um, more than I feel I ever could. Um, and you are very honest about that, but you've made that decision and that's the way it is. And the results show at the end. So that I feel you have a really, really balanced view of it. Um, but also, um, if anyone was ever to inspire me to compete, it would be you because I'd be like, right, I would have to have Alex's mindset around that because it's the mindset that I would like to approach, uh, competing with. Um, so tell me what is your, what is your prep? Like what, what's your training regime? So you're, you're four weeks into how many weeks? Um, this is going to be my longest preparation. So I'm doing 16 weeks this time. Normally I do, I've well in normally in the past, I've always done 12 weeks. Um, so what, what I decided to do this time was I, for the last maybe seven months, I went into the first time a real off season where I focused on my nutrition. I allowed myself to put on some weight, which was really, really tough mentally because I was extremely uncomfortable in my body. But I made, again, like what you just said, I made the conscious decision. If I want to compete and I want to improve on the things and the points that the judges have told me, um, you just need to do this, this, and this. The only way that I was capable of doing that or my body was capable of doing that was to allow myself to put on some weight to actually grow some lean tissue. Uh, even though seven months is a very short time, I, I look also back on the last four, four years of, you know, lifting and so forth. But this, I really allowed myself, I got up to about 75 kilos, which is, you know, a lot of weight uh, for me. And it's been the best decision I'd ever made because coming into this preparation, I, as I lead into a preparation, it's not just like, okay, so I'm going to do that competition and I'll start dieting six, 16 weeks out and then forget about it. For about four to eight weeks before, I start to visualize, I start to think about what my diet's going to be like. Um, I cut all, all well, 98% of any traveling um, that's going to kind of take me out of my rhythm or my routine for longer than a, maybe two, two days, uh, unless I'm going somewhere where I know I'm in a house and I can cook and I can train. Okay. And that, that's specifically during that, in this case, 16 week time frame. Exactly. So I, you know, I'm preparing myself not during my prep, but before mentally, physically, what's coming up, what jobs I'll be doing and so forth. So it's quite a big thing for me because it's, you know, it is hard. It's, it's the hardest thing I've probably one of the hardest things other than being a mum that I've ever done in my life. And, um, so going into it, you need to be prepared for it. And I'm four weeks in and all I've changed is my nutrition until last week. I included three days of, uh, cardio, which was just steady state cardio, uh, 20 minutes after training and I, I did my progress photos on the weekend and I was like, oh, so I leaned out really fast and I'm going to leave that in there um, and I'm going to increase my calories again. So there's a lot of different things. You just have to, 
none of my preps are the same. They're always different because my body's different. So this is the biggest I've ever been, I think, lean tissue wise. Um, and I'm super excited what I'm going to bring to the stage because I can already see it. Like I'm, I'm shocked at what, what it looks like, but I can tweak and I can play around. So the earlier you start in your preparation, the more leg room you have to, to, you know, lower your stress, uh, be ready early, um, play around with your food. You know, I never go low on my calories. Um, I never drop carbohydrates. Um, you know, I never go crazy on, on cardio. I don't ruin my metabolism. This is a lifestyle. And this is the reason, uh, it's, I'm quite present on social media about it, which is, I tell you now, one of the scariest things ever is to post my progress pictures, both on the stories and on my page. I mean, it's a, it's an intimidating pose that we do. Um, and as, as strong as I am, maybe as a, as a woman or as a person, I worry about what people think of me. You know, I think that's human. And, but I know that if I can reach one girl who looks at these pictures and says, okay, I see Alex, not just four weeks out from her competition where she looks super lean and I really like her body like that, or she looks fit, but I see her 16 weeks out where she's got a bit of extra body fat on her and she looks a lot bigger than I would like to look. Um, is that really what I want to do? You know, and, the, and these, this is what I'm trying to get out. Um, I'm scaring off a lot of other people, but because they're like, oh my God, you're really big, or I don't want to look like that. Or that's not what I'm, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for the girls who you need to know that you cannot maintain a super lean body in a, in a balanced way as a bodybuilder um, all year round. You need to be comfortable with a bit of body fat on you um, you could, but you'll be grumpy. You'll probably have no friends and you won't enjoy your life, you know? So there's, there's no balance there. So yeah. So that's why I've started posting it. So four weeks in, I'm really, really happy with what I'm doing. Training has stayed exactly the same as it, as it was before, just included those three days of cardio. But because I leaned, I dropped a key or I kind of leaned out a little bit. Like I have some separation in my legs. Um, and I've got 11 weeks to go then rather than cut that cardio, I've decided to leave it in because it's kind of nice and um, just in, increase my calories a little bit so I've got a bit of extra energy. So that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, cool. And that's uh, just a few of the points that you've, that you've um, made made me th- uh, think of a few uh, points also. I loved your po- post today, by the way, um, which I can't remember it exactly, but it was something to the tune of um, if my strength – intimidates you that's an issue that you have not not my and and that's that's so true you know I was really hoping you'd ask me because this is um that's a I posted that I'm just going to cut you off there because I I posted that because of a of a couple of personal things actually I um you know I've recently gone through a breakup and the way that I look is very intimidating I'll walk into a room, especially now that I'm leaning out. And this is a female male thing. This is, you know, I'm attracted to guys. They're, they're scared of me. Unless you are comfortable in your skin or you like, like, we're a type. Strong women physically are a type. And it's not for everyone and that's totally fine. But it's hard to take as a woman because I find it beautiful. I find it you know, it's just the most gorgeous thing ever because it, it's not just how you look, it's discipline, it's a lifestyle, it's choice, it's a lot of different things. And I question myself sometimes. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm never going to meet somebody if I look like this, you know, and I started to ask myself these questions the last week. I'm never going to meet, and I was like, whoa, back up. And that's when that uh, photographer sent me that photo and I was like, and I saw the look on my face and I was like, I am not going to apologize for being strong. This is who I am. And that person who joins me and wants to walk with me, then awesome. Yep, yep. I'm feeling emotional listening to this shit. I need to pull myself together. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's so true. And, and, and you'll know this for the longest time that, um, you know, a lot, a lot of the work that I do, um, 
in terms of coaching now is strength work. And I, I, I run a lot of um, lifting workshops for women specifically to get them into a gym environment, get their hands on a barbell and just to, to lift the weight. And always the question is, you know, am I going to get too muscly? Am, there's this kind of fear around that aesthetic um, that holds so many women back and you want to, I, I want to say, look, there are a ton of different ways to um, show your physical strength, but do you know how good you will feel when you can lift well and you can understand your own strength? Like that's huge and no one can take that away from you. And that is something that I discovered for myself when I was, um, at university when I was rowing and I was like, nobody can take away my athleticism. Nobody can take that away. That is mine to own. And that is so empowering. Um, but there's still all of those kind of fears around lifting and strength and all that kind of stuff. Um, also, um, you know, uh, you were saying, you know, you, you hope that people look at you and, and, and see the discipline, you know, that goes into, you know, this kind of detailed prep, um, and I remember um, when I was uh, still working at Gymbox, one of the um, trainers there, Roni, she teaches a lot of people uh, for figure. And um, she would have a lot of women come up to her and say, um, okay, I, you know, I, I'd love to compete. Um, you know, can you, you know, can you, can you train me basically? Um, and she always would say to them, um, look, this is you need to you need to know that it's of course it's physically tough but mentally it is really tough and you need to be ready for that and i know more girls um that actually it went the completely wrong way for them ended up with you know kind of uh, some eating disorders and all that kind of stuff because they they didn't have the the mental strength that perhaps you have um, to be able to deal with all of the different instances, the judgments, the, the, when, you know, when you're, you, you know, when you have low days, like that takes so much strength outside of the physical strength, like that mental side. Um, so, and, and I, I really loved that. That was something that she used to say to people, look, you know, you can do it, but I need you to know that there can be some negative side effects and you need to be, you need to be, um, ready for that as well. So, um, so yeah. Um, okay. So also you mentioned, um, that you don't do a huge amount of uh, cardio that you were just doing kind of 20 minutes, um, steady state work. Is that right? Three times a week? Yeah. At the moment I'm just on three days a week, steady state. Um, which uh, the reason I said before, I'm, I'm leaving it in there. I'm leaving it in there because, sure, I get to up, you know, to, to have more energy intake, like to increase your calories is the greatest thing you can do. So um, I'm going to pop my calories probably back up to around 2,000 calories now and leave that steady state cardio in there. The other reason why I leave it in there is it be, what, we would do, what you just mentioned actually is mindset. The training is the easiest part. It's maybe one hour a day, one hour 15. You've got an endorphin rush. You're looking at yourself in the mirror. You've got a good pump. You're leaning out. People are probably complimenting you. You're in a really good mindset. Then you jump on you, or you go to work or you go wherever you are um, and you're getting hungry. You start thinking about food. It's got no flavor in it. There's a lot of different aspects. So this, these 20 minutes of cardio, I create a little video every year of this is just me, but I'm a very competitive person and I need to know, like I set out what my goal is before I start my preparation. Um, until now it has always been top six, which is in figure um, the, the first call out, which means you've made it to the final. And I've taken the next step this year, which is first place. And I know that's a really big call, but I'm going for it. So I create these videos that I sit and watch repeatedly during my cardio of people winning. Every Olympian, I'm really into CrossFit at the moment. I have this, this, this respect and this major crush on CrossFit athletes. I've started CrossFit myself. I actually included it in my, um, in my training last year to help me build a different physique, which has really worked. 
but I've fallen in love with these athletes because of their mindset and the mind power that they use. So these 20 minutes, three days a week is me watching athletes win. How do they feel? I cry every time. I get goosebumps. I want to know what is what does it feel like? That's what it's going to feel like. So those 20 minutes are part of a preparation mentally for me when I step on stage. Amazing. How do you put these videos together? I'm totes making a video. <laughs> yeah, just do a splice. I just do a splice. It's an app. So I just choose the little clips I want. And it's normally um like they always had a lot of different things on YouTube that like I think last year I used to watch you know, I'm a big podcast, you know, freak. So normally I listen to all these motivating ones. Um, even Spotify has got some motivational, um, things I've heard them all. So I was like, I want to, I just want, I want it to be mine. I want them to be my favorite ones that really get to me. Um, you know, maybe so it's, maybe it's somebody struggling and then they fall over the line or it's a, a team event or it's, it's something where that emotion is, stepping onto the podium on first place, holding a flag, like all of those things that just rush through your body of like, I want this goal, this goal, I'm going to do what it takes to get to where I want to go to. Yeah. You are so winning this comp, Alex, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but that's so good. You know, I, when I, I visualize myself, um, okay. So when they call my number out, what do I do? It's so funny because before I go to bed, I visualize myself walking out onto stage and I walk down and it's, it's called a T walk or an I walk when you walk out on your own. So I've already made it to the final. I know what I'm going to do. Everything's in my head, which helps being a dancer before. It's almost like a choreography. But then when they call my number out, what do I do? And the funniest thing, if you could see the visual in my head, I'm like, why are you doing that? You better not do that. <laughs> and if I do that, I'm really going to laugh because, um, for some reason, that's what's in my head. And I'm going to do this, whatever I'm going to do. It's so funny. I'm not going to even yeah. tell you when this <laughs> so You can tell me when I see you next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you, you have to own it. You have to own your journey. And I have a couple of girls in my gym at the moment who are, who are competing. We're going to actually compete against each other in November. Um, they're first timers. And she said to me, yeah, um, you know, I'm just going to go for it and it'll be a nice experience. And Whoa, whoa. Okay. No. There is no I'm going to have an experience. You come into this sport, respect it, know all the other athletes that are in there and you have 16 weeks or whatever to give everything you've got to get up there and win. That's why you're competing. It's a competition. Don't step on stage for experience. Like there's too much, there's too much heartache, mind crazy games, training sessions, early mornings, doubting yourself. There's too much of that that you go through to just do an experience. If you're going to do it, then experience the toughest journey you've ever done, but own it. And what, what did she say when you said that? She po her next post the next day was in German actually, but she was like completely different. She was like, I'm going for it. Here I go. You know, nothing's holding me back. I've got this. I was like, yes, girl. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you on the so stage. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, and so, Alex, do you, do you uh, write your own training and do your own food prep or does someone do that for you? Uh, no. So I've, I kind of do in a way, like especially my off season. Um, when you go into a preparation, you body morph. So having somebody beside you, whether that be someone you bounce off, whether that be somebody that you send your program to, um, or send in some progress pictures, um, I suggest always doing that. I have a coach. I was always with Nicole Wilkins, uh, and very, very grateful to have her in my, in my corner for my entire career until now. Um, and I have decided a couple of months ago to change coaches because of a couple of different reasons. Nicole is in America and she's still for me the best, um, but she's far away and she has a lot of things going on. She has a lot of new businesses that she's doing and um, I wanted somebody who was a bit more beside me and there's a coach in Switzerland called Dagmar and she has a team of, of athletes who are just phenomenal. 
and she's for me the best in Europe. Um, and I want to train with the best. And I said to her, do you think you can, you know, you can take me there? And she said, yep. So there was no question. There was no doubt. There was nothing. And she, there was, the answer was just clear and simple. Yes. Yeah. And that, that for you to hear then is huge. You're like, okay, boom. You know what I mean? You feel safe in her care and that's it rather than them doubting. Cause all then, then that just then triggers your own, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they've got to be honest and, and upfront with you. Um, my goals are big. Um, you know, I want to, I'm competing internationally. So, you know, I, I was straightforward with her and she's been really good. And I send my pictures into her every Sunday. Um, and the closer you get to a comp to the actual day is when you start to, you know, you look in the mirror and you think, Oh my God, am I, am I too thin? Am I not eating enough? Am I eating too much? Am I, do I need to do more cardio? So you have that person who has a clear mind and can always give you a straight answer and be like, no, you're on track, do this. You're obviously not maybe sleeping properly or let's check out a couple of different things. How's your mentality? How's your personal life? Um, and she goes to all the competitions. So I've never had anybody with me at a competition. So I, I'm so excited. Yeah, amazing. Um, and just um, going back to both those um, women that you've mentioned. Um, so <clears throat> the first lady, just does she is she on Instagram? Can people kind of find her? Because I just feel like if people are looking for coaches or whatever, um, that it might be nice for them to to have the. Let's talk about that. If you want to compete, do your research. So go and watch a competition. Don't look at Instagram. Maybe that inspires you at the beginning, which, which is what social media should only kind of be as an inspiration. Then do your research. Go and watch a competition. There's a lot of different federations. Find athletes that you like. Find bodies that you like, that, that you feel, oh, wow, I, I want to set a goal and I want to do that. Okay, so that's your federation that you like. Maybe it's WBFF, maybe it's IFBB, whatever it may be. Find the athletes on the stage that you like. Which bodies do you like? How do they move? How do they pose? Find out who their coach is. So that's kind of like your next step. When you find out who the coach is, don't just ask, you know, can you train me or I want to compete? Ask them, how do you do a competition? How is your preparation? Um, do you use drugs? Do you use food? Do you whatever? Go as deep and ask as many questions as you want. If they don't want to answer you, move on. The coach should be there to give you every single little bit of information possible um, and be and really upfront with you. Ask them, do you do a reverse diet with me at the end of a competition? Because the 12 weeks leading up to your competition or the 20 weeks leading up, you've got a goal. You, you're going to step on stage with 25 other girls, hopefully, and you don't want to be the one that looks like she forgot to diet or she forgot to do her, you know, tan or whatever. But once that competition is done, that's when you start to, that's the problem zone there, those four weeks. So does your coach um, also include in their package of the price uh, um, a reverse diet, which is slowly bringing you back onto uh, more calories, including your cardio or whatever you were doing? Um, find out the entire structure of how your coach works and how they work with, with athletes um, before you jump on board with somebody because um, Nicole Wilkins, she takes athletes, so you can find her on Instagram. If you know anything about bodybuilding, she's Miss Olympia four times. Um, you know, she's brilliant. She does online, so everything's online, but she's very, very, very amazing. Um, UK, you've got some brilliant people. Uh, you know, TC conditioning is probably one of my favorite, but also very expensive. Um, and then Dagmar Simmons, which is Team Simmons. She's my new coach. She's based in Zurich, but also she's, you know, she's online. Uh, if you've got some space, she normally lets people know. There are a lot of coaches out there, but there are a lot of coaches that have done three or four competitions and decided to become a coach. So what gives you the qualification to structure somebody's diet and training program when all your experience is is preps for competition sure that is scary 
yeah and that that's that's also a, a greater reflection of um our industry as a whole sometimes right people are you know just kind of it's very easy to get into this industry and then do whatever you want and unfortunately um the person on the street doesn't always know the difference between good quality and and, and bad quality but then that's the, that's their own journey anyway um so um how so you know you you are extremely committed for these 16 weeks um you're you're committed prior to the 16 weeks um how much does it take over you know you you obviously you work full time uh, you're a mom um you are looking after all of your food all of the 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 training that you have to do and actually what's what's um nice to hear from you is that it's like an hour and hour and 15 minutes a day max and that that as you said was the easiest part and I, I sort of knew that from speaking to other people that it's the mental side of it but but how much does it take over obviously you were saying before um you make sure that your schedule is not going to be um interfered with in terms of travel or whatever you try and limit that as much as you can um yeah so j just give me an idea of, of how much it kind of affects everything I guess it can it can really affect you because it can affect your social life uh but that's you know that comes down to what what you talked about at the beginning don't whinge and complain about choices that you make if you if i decide to do this and somebody invites me out for dinner or whatever great i'll either eat before i go and you know have a have a something to you know a tea or a coffee or something like this or i'll you be straight up about it so your social life does does die a little bit, but um, who's not to say that you create your own social life, you know, organize a grill, organize, um, you know, people come over to your place where you can cook and they can eat the foods that you eat, which is a whole range of wonderful things from, you know, roast veggies and all that kind of stuff. Um, don't complain about it because that makes it heavy on you. And that, that is when it starts to weigh onto your lifestyle. So I live and breathe what I do. I, Again, I prepare before I even get into this 16 weeks. I prepare like, okay, it's going to be tough. Um, I look at my week each week. I look at my, you know, I'm really old school, so I have like my little diary here that I write in. And I try not to overdo it. Um, I do all the things that I need to do. I have my clients early in the mornings when I've got energy. I keep my afternoons quite free so I can do office work and just maybe have a nana nap here and there if I need one. Um, because that's part of it, you know, that's, that's how it's going to be. I, I can't be the social bunny, um, or jump around and meet lots of, I just cannot because I've made a choice, um, to, to do this. And in that choice comes a couple of sacrifices, uh, but that's with any athlete, um, and anything that you choose to do in, in that industry, or, you know, you have to make a couple of sacrifices. Some are shorter summer longer and suck it up. Like, sure. There's going to be days where I'm like, Oh God, I wish I could just, you know, like eat an ice cream with my son in the playground. Yeah. But you know, I turn to myself and I make a joke out of it. You want ice cream? Third place. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that's how it is. Or, you know, it's, it does just, you're right. It does take up a lot of my life and I question myself and I, I have little excuses in my head every day but I bounce back to the, to the bigger picture and why I want to do this. And it gives me goosebumps and I just keep moving it, Does it, does it, um, do you feel comfortable saying why you want to do it? And you totally don't have to, but. Yeah, I think I'm still not sure because when I first started competing, I was going through an extremely rough time in my relationship. Um, and even though I knew for years I'd always wanted to compete, why at this point in my life, was the decision made? Is it because I was trying to find strength through myself physically because I didn't have it emotionally? So I really believe, and I'll say that straight up, um, that I think I competed for the first time because I wanted so bad to be strong emotionally, but I couldn't. So I decided I wanted to control it, which could actually sound kind of scary to a psychologist who's listening. Um, I used fitness as an escape to find my strengths. Um, two years later, I separated from my relationship, so uh, found a new path, 
and I was about to compete and I stopped and I was like, I don't need to compete anymore. It was, and, and I pulled out of the Arnold Classic and it was really interesting. And I, I think that's when I realized, was I only competing because I needed to find my strength and I found it through a physical term. So I took a year off competing and I was like, okay, if you want to compete again, you'll know. If you don't, all good. Because I'd found my emotional, I'd found my self-worth, I'd found my strength. I didn't need to project or to show that physical strength anymore because I'd, I, I was complete. And a year later, um, I think it was there was, I saw there was a competition happening Oh yeah, there was a competition happening and I oh I got this hunger to set a new goal. And I was like, I might compete again. I was feeling good. You know, I was in a good place uh, mentally, uh, career-wise, everything was good. And um and I stepped back on stage again and since then I've this time around um was I'm a, you know, I I feel quite old on the stage, I have to say, but I want to I wanted to give an off season a go. I wanted to see if I can bring the best package yet. And that would be all the improvements the judges from the Arnold Classic Australia told me. If you want to win, do this, this, and this. And I went away and I did my homework and I did it. And I'm going to bring to the European Arnold stage the package that I think, um, you know, for now is my ultimate package. Amazing. And that's um, just, you know, you're talking about the age thing as well. Um, for for me, for I think for the past, I guess, five or six years, and obviously I've had um, a child in between that time as well, as Bjorn is three now. Um, but I was um, for the longest time trying to um, run my business and compete at the same time. And certainly before I had Bjorn, I had a lot more time to train. Uh, I was doing, you know, two a days, which is quite common in, in CrossFit. Um, and, uh, and for me, as long as I'm recovering well enough to be able to do that, those two a days, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm also obsessed with uh, recovery. Um, but then obviously have Bjorn, um, less time, which is fine, obviously, that would not change that little dude for anything. Um, but it's probably only in the last kind of year and a half where I've just um, been thinking, you know, I'm not training enough um, and, I, and I need to, you know, my, my business certainly took a, a really, really uh, kind of different direction, has taken a different direction in the last kind of 18 months. Um, and trying to do both at the same time um, is really tough. Something always has to give. Uh, and that's not, that's not an excuse. It's if you want to give 100% to this thing, you've got to give 100% to this thing. So for, for me now, a lot of my focus is on, on building the business side of things. Um, but by God, I cannot wait till, you know, two or three years time when I'm hoping I'll have more time then to devote to getting back onto the competition floor. Yes, I'll be way older. I turned 40 in, um, in June. Um, so I'll be well into my master's category at that stage, but, but knowing that I can commit to that a lot better than I can now has been huge for me mentally to just go, you know what? It's cool because, you know, for me, as it is for you, you know, your, your fitness and your, your strength very much identifies who you are. Um, you know, this is all I've ever done. You know, like I've, I've been in the industry 15 years now, you know, you were, you were a dancer before you were a trainer, like your physicality is who you are and what you do. Um, so I, I think that, you know, just huge props for the commitment that you do give, um, and your approach to it, but you, mainly the way you speak to yourself about it. And I love the, yeah, you can have ice cream, but third place. <laughs> So many people would give in to the ice cream. <laughs> um, okay, what was my uh, next question? So tough days. I know that you're you're very very mentally strong around it, but um, kind of how bad does it get mentally? And again, I I think I already know the answer now, having having kind of talked this through with you. But um, what do you say to yourself on the really really tough days? There's a couple of triggers 
that make your day tough. And having a journal through a preparation is is a really good thing because I bounce back to my journals and, you know, okay, what was I feeling 11 weeks out? Why was I feeling like that? Is it the same as, you know, I am now? My triggers are if I, what you just said, you're obsessed with recovery right there with you. Um, you know, I just, I recovery is such a massive part of this. And I think a lot of athletes forget that, you know, I'm working together with a, a company at the moment talking about sleep um, and my cycles and how I can sleep better to recover faster or more, more efficient um, because when I'm tired is a trigger. Um, when I'm tired, I get hungry. I crave sweet things. So I get grumpy. And if you're in a calorie defect, like if you're, you know, your energy intake is lower than what you're expenditure is then you're going to be grumpy you're going to be that perfect word of hangry and there's nothing that you can do about it because you bounce back to that I've made a choice I've had my meal my next one is in two hours deal with it go for a walk drink some tea get out of your situations that make you feel down so when I start I had a really bad day um, I was hungry. I was tired. So I did the old school, go for a walk, go for a walk, clear your head, listen to a podcast, get your motivation back, remind yourself why you're doing it. Um, you're going to have those days. There's nothing you can do about it because there's going to be a few. Some are going to be deeper than the others. And the greatest thing you can do is learn about who you are learn about because afterwards when you get through that day oh it's awesome wow it's so good because you just feel like you conquered mount everest and you get through it and you hop into bed and even if it's only 7 30 because you just don't even want to be around yourself anymore you're like you know what i conquered the day i didn't cheat i did everything i need to do i'm going to bed i'll see you in the morning you have to have those days because they make you a stronger athlete and a stronger person and they will help you in your next bad day. Yeah. I remember uh, listening to um, a guy, Justin Sewer, I think is his name. Um, and he had a great saying that was um, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Um, oh, and that's yeah, huge. <laughs> it's huge. Right. And I remember um, there was a period of time, maybe last year, when the only time I could really train was, um, late in the evening. So that, that was kind of like maybe eight thirty nine, which is way later than I'd ever trained before. Um, but I was kind of like, no, you've got to get the training in. This is a time that you can do it. Cause BJ was home to mind the boy and all that kind of stuff. So I remember being in the gym, um, you know, one of the evenings and just, I was just like, why don't you just go home? You're tired. And then I was thinking of what Justin Sewer had said. And I was just like, stop listening and start talking to yourself. So I would just be like, get on the bar now and do that work. And it, I, I battled that whole freaking 90 minutes <laughs> between the voice in my head and the, the talker in me to that voice in my head. Um, but that what it was, it was such a, a good session to have. Cause as you say, once that's done, you're like, yep, one nil to me. I totally won that. And now the next time that that happens, I know I've already, you know, I'm already in my own corner. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's huge, huge, huge. Um, Alex, what would you, um, so we, we've talked any, any more on the mentality side of the sport. Are there people who you think perhaps shouldn't necessarily, um, enter it? Do you need to be, do you need to have a certain mindset to do it or does it, does it develop a mindset like the girl that you were chatting with, um, where she was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go for the experience. And then you spoke with her and she was like, okay, this is what I have to do. So I think she, like, she's a good example because she, you know, she's come in there. It's her first competition. She doesn't have a, she didn't have a huge off season, like her first kind of season of putting on a little bit of lean mass is, you know, for women is hard. Um, so you compare yourselves to the other girls. She's probably comparing herself to me because we will step on stage together, but I have four to five years of lifting in front of her. So I've, I've built that. I've, I was like her at the beginning, you know, I was the smallest on the stage. Um, but I never, like, I think you just have to know where you're at but still go for it. Like, own the package that you have and, and 
you can't if you go in wishy-washy on those hard days and on those bad days, you're going to find excuse cause, excuses because you will be maybe thinking, for example, oh, it's only for experience, you know, it doesn't matter and if I, I'm too tired for this or maybe I need to recover a bit more and you start, like what you just said, you start listening to yourself again rather than be like talking to yourself. You know, I've got this, I'm tired, but every rep counts, every gram of food counts, every hour of sleep counts. Everything counts and coming into a preparation, you need to be prepared, prepared for how your nutrition will be, how your training will be on good and bad days. Not that you can always prepare for that, but at least acknowledge it. Um, And what your goal is, what is your goal when you step up on that stage? Um, I worry a little bit about men's like mindset of girls who now that the bikini and the wellness categories are so big, that's a very attainable body. Um, but you still have to be disciplined. And I feel that some of these bikini athletes maybe go a little bit too extreme when it comes to um, competing because it's a beach body. You don't have to be taking crazy stuff or diuretics or low-carb, two hours of cardio don't mess up your metabolism. This is a nice, healthy beach body that you want to present on stage. Um, so what what you see on social media from I'm doing two hours of cardio a day, I'm eating fish and salad five times a day, would well, you know what? You're wrong for this sport or your coach is an idiot. And that, in other words, you're, if you feel so bad that you have to bitch on social media every day about it, um, you either didn't research the sport and or, and or your coach um, and your mindset is screwed now, I don't really want to be around you after the competition because that's where binge eating starts because, you know, you deprived yourself for so long, your body's gone into shock. Um, so mentally, yeah, you've got to be strong. You've got to be it can be a very, very dangerous sport. And, and from, you know, from so many different perspectives, like even, uh, you talking about, um, the, the beach body, for example, um, you know, you see so many transformations on online. Um, and there's one girl in particular, she got a huge following and, uh, a lot of her business is through the before and after transformations. Um, and you see some of these women and you go, number one, that, is a ridiculous transformation. Like I cannot believe the difference in your body, but also, um, do you still have your period? Are you, what is your relationship with food? Uh, you know, because all of those things can become so obsessive, like even weighing and measuring for some people is just the worst thing. Or, you know, like, um, if you, if you, um, tell somebody to, you know, even go onto something like an, an easy to use platform, like my fitness pal, just key your food in. I've had like people say to me, Oh no, but it's not the exact. And people can obsess over, do you know what I mean? So people can go completely too far into the weighing and measuring if, if they can't handle it, if they, if they can't have a, a balanced, um, approach to it. So I think, uh, you know, I think again, all of those things, like, you know, you might be, you might be looking amazing, but are your hormones cool? You know, it's, I nearly post, I actually wrote that in my last post, but I, I deleted it. Um, cause I had a bit of a hormonal week this week. So I know a lot of girls who lose their period or their cycle, uh, pretty much the first months into, into their preparation. I'm like, Jesus, what? So I may be a freak, but my body is so safe that, and this is bad luck. I got my, I got my, whatever you want to call it, the day before I competed oh God. last year. <laughs> and I was like, you have got to be joking. <laughs> so, you know, be aware of that. What happens? Like, don't be happy about it. You lose your cycle. Like this, this is your body going into shock saying you're not in a good state for you to create a child. So if you look at it like that and your body's protecting you going into survival mode so you don't create another child because it can't even look after you, maybe that's something you need to be aware of. Like don't just ignore that. Um, sure, when you go lower than 12% body fat, 
you're going to lose your, your cycle, but try and get it back as soon as you finish competing. Um, if you have food issues already, which a lot of people do before they compete because they think, okay, I'm definitely going to get lean if I compete. Yeah, you are because you have a goal. Why don't you look at another goal and just set the goal, make it loud and proud to everybody and just achieve that goal and not have to measure everything because when you finish competing, do you know how to eat normally again? Can you do proportions with your hands rather than a scale? Like learn different things. It just oh, it breaks my heart. And there's so many things we could talk about. But, um, and I don't want it to sound negative at all. I, I love this sport and I'm proud to be a figure athlete and I stand behind the federation that I'm in um, regardless of, of, you know, what's said about this sport. Um, each, and, each to their own. Everyone has to put the work in no matter what. You know, there's no magic pill. You all have to work your butt off. Um, but the biggest thing that I can give for people to take away is do your research, ask your questions why you want to compete. If you see it's unhealthy already, if you see yourself, you just want to be thin, you just want to be lean, have a look at me outside of my competition time. That's what you'll look like. Cause I've got a pretty good body outside. I'm not one of the chubby off season people, but I am bigger. So if you're okay with that, then that's a figure body because when I'm competing, that's a short term. Yeah. And that, and that's it. And you, because, well, you do train all year round anyway, because that is your, it, it is, as you say, it's, it's your, it's your lifestyle. Um, not, not anything else. And it's also, again, you know, why I wanted to speak to you, your view of this, is so if I would like you know if ever I wanted to compete I would be like right Alex is my girl you know she's gonna advise me in the best way that she can about what I should do and not 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 necessarily in terms of coaching as you were saying research your coach and all that kind of stuff um but if I had a role model it would be you because you are so real about what it takes who you have to be and also it's kind of like yeah once the competition is done now what because that's when people need the most care to kind of get back to normal out of this very, very kind of strict uh, way of living for your, your 12 weeks, your 16 weeks or however long. It's actually just kind of nurturing them back into normal life, which for sure would feel super weird. I mean, imagine you've got three, three four weeks leading up to your competition. You're super lean, so everybody's complimenting you. You're, you've got probably a bit of a tan. You are, you've got your goal, you're getting excited, you get your hair done, maybe you get your nails done. After the competition, your tan comes off, you're probably full of water, you start to put on weight, people stop complimenting you. It goes down. And I tell you right now, if you don't have a goal, for example, what I do is I set a photo shoot three weeks out uh, afterwards, then I do uh, normally something else. That gives me steps know that I've got to kind of, you can do it. You're going to have a photo shoot. Maybe it sounds superficial, but they're things that work for me to keep me on track. So have a plan. I think always have a plan and you'll be right. Perfect. Alex, my God, I could actually listen to you all day. You are so inspiring and so much so from your, just, just your mindset is huge. And I'm totally stealing the video ideas. I already journal. I need to get back on my vision board. <laughs> um, but, um, so outside of obviously this, this, um, competition now in 12 weeks time or 11, 11 weeks time. Well, the first one's in 11. Arnold is, uh, 13. And then German championships in November. And if, depending again, how my mindset is, how my body is, would love to make the German team for the world championships. Wow. Oh my God, Alex, I just wish you everything that you deserve. Um, you are hugely inspiring to me and I'm so grateful, uh, to have you in my life and I get to see you uh, next week, which is even better <laughs> in Amsterdam. So, um, Alex, just thank you so, so much. And I feel like, um, this, this, uh, show just 
has everything that I wanted to have in it for those who are thinking about competing, who are um, already competing and not sure whether it's for them or not. I think you bring a real uh, realness to it. So thank you so, so much for your time. Thanks, Joss. Thanks for including me in this. And if there's someone out there that I've touched or I, you know, can advise or make you question a couple of things to take the right path, I hope I see you on the stage one day too. Yes. And where can people find you also, Alex? Instagram's really the best. Alex Hipwell, uh, my Instagram page, always send a message. I'll always reply. Any question, regardless how silly you think it is, reach out. Brilliant. I love it. Alex, thank you so much. Lots of love. Thanks, Jocelyn. Bye. Bye. Bye.